0: From WNYC, this is Money Talking, I'm Charlie Herman. This month, all across the country, students are getting ready for college to start. And for many of them, paying for school means taking out thousands of dollars in loans. And paying off that debt, well, that could impact their lives for years to come, years after they get their degrees.
1: I'm afraid to spend money. I'm afraid to save money. Because I'm still barely able to support myself.
0: That's money that we're not setting aside for a rainy day or you know, putting into our emergency fund or saving for retirement.
2: I'm still not sure I'm going to have kids because kids cost money. When I think about my future, I don't think about buying a house. And I don't really even think about ever buying a car. I just think about paying off the student loan debt that I've accumulated.
0: These are some of the stories of people burdened with student debt who've been telling their stories to Anna Sale, host of the podcast Death, Sex, and Money. And this is an issue that is only getting bigger as more students leave school with even more debt. Today, the total amount of student debt is now more than $1.3 trillion, more than double what it was 10 years ago. Well, joining me is Anna Sale, as well as Anya Kamenetz, education correspondent for NPR. And Anna, let me start with you. You've been hearing from people from really around the world. Is there a theme in what you're hearing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the overall thing we heard is people feel stuck and in some ways a little bit duped by the student debt that they have. I mean, you mentioned that student debt has ballooned in the last 10 years. And what we heard is how much that caught individuals off guard because now they're out of school. They didn't perhaps have a sense of what the monthly loan payment they were going to have was after they were through with all their schooling. And now they're realizing that when you don't have the money to spend on other things, you delay other milestones of adulthood, like buying a house, thinking about getting a different job, being ready to marry, or even feeling ready to become parents.
0: Do you think that students, especially people when they're 18, 19 years old, that they really understand what they're doing when they take on this much debt?
2: We heard a lot of like, you know, I was a teenager. I thought I was doing the right thing, going to school. I showed up at the bursar's office. They told me I needed to take out this much money to pay my tuition bill, to get the credits that I needed. And so they did it. And I think... It speaks to a little bit of a a lack of a comprehensive transparency because many people said, you know, I just took out the next loan for the next semester and no one said this is what this is going to mean when you're 23 and this is what your monthly payment will be. So, of course, you know, people feel responsible because they took out these loans, they signed for them, but they were teenagers and they were getting education and they thought they were doing what they were supposed to do. So there's a sense of both anger and shame.
0: Are you hearing from people who could do something about this, like legislators or maybe people who work in universities, maybe even lenders? We heard
2: from politicians, we heard from people who work at colleges who are aware that this is an issue. One email that I thought was really interesting that came after we put this series out at the end of June, it was from an Ohio State legislator who represents Columbus, so where Ohio State University is, as well as other colleges. And she said that student debt is the number one issue she hears about from her constituents. But then when she talks with her colleagues, other legislators, she said it's really hard to make them understand because they think mortgage and credit card debt. It's a generational issue. If you went to college at a time when tuition was affordable and you could work your way through a semester, you you don't really perhaps have a sense of what student debt means for people in their 20s and 30s now in America.
0: Well, Anya comments with NPR, listening to what Anna was just saying and what she's hearing from people, can this go on like this?
1: That's a really great question. And in fact, we're getting some information that it Can't, and it won't. The Wall Street Journal came out with an analysis showing that college tuition, it went up last year about at the rate of inflation, which is momentous because for more than 20 years, it's gone up twice the rate of inflation each year.
0: So even just a little bit of a decrease is good news.
1: Going on par with the rest of the economy is totally good news and surprising news. I think what you see is that finally college is acting like part of the economy. We see that enrollment is down, partly for demographic reasons, partly for economic reasons. The job market's changed. And loan limits, oddly enough, they have not been raised for almost a decade. So the amount that you can borrow for undergraduate education has been flat throughout the last 10 years. And with those two factors going on, I think colleges are really seeing that if they're going to stay in business, they can't keep charging the customer more and more and more.
0: So how does this increase in the total student debt that we're talking about, one point Three trillion dollars mm-hmm. affect the overall economy?
1: Well, that's a question that economists have been studying since it's been running up. And there are lots of different kinds of effects. I think Anna mentioned people delaying or maybe never buying a house, starting a family, even buying a car. Also, mobility has really gone down. So the millennial generation is much less likely to leave their hometown and sometimes even their parents' basement. And that is something that's a huge drag on the economy. So it's interesting when people talk about a student loan bubble, because we're not going to see necessarily dramatic pop to that bubble. But we do see a very slow drag on the rest of the economy from the student debt.
0: Because it's not something that a bank can just come in and repossess your education as it were.
1: That's exactly right.
0: And also maybe when we hear millennials being criticized as being lazy or living with their parents, that they don't like driving cars or owning cars, it might be a little bit more of a complicated story than just that narrative.
1: I mean, that's been my bugaboo for almost 10 years now. Like this has gone on for a very long time. I think the most recent iteration was, oh, if those millennials would stop buying avocado toast, you know, they could buy a house. (laughs) And millennials are very optimistic and they might spin it as a lifestyle thing like, oh, I want to work in the gig economy, I want to live in the sharing economy, but they're also saying, I can't, I don't have any hope of having that American dream of the house and the car, and so maybe I'm just not going to do it.
0: Anya, are there solutions to the student debt crisis?
1: I think a solution that's emerging is the option of more affordable repayment plans, and especially automatically enrolling people in repayment plans so that you pay a percentage of your income, not an amount that's going to completely
0: close off your future. And what about the talk of free tuition? Is that going to be a growing movement?
1: Free tuition absolutely is a growing movement on the state level, on the local level. Here in New York State, the Excelsior Scholarship that was just announced, I think that places see it as a competitive advantage if they can attract people to come and stay and get a more educated workforce. And a study that was just released showed that, yeah, these programs do work. They increase college enrollment. They increase college completion. And a lot of people are interested in what it means in terms of the promise of college. Like Anna mentioned, people feeling duped. When you say free college, that is a message that's super... Super resonates, and a young person growing up going to public schools wants to better themselves, that's going to mean a lot to them.
0: Anya Kamenetz is the correspondent for NPR's Education Desk. Anya, thank you very much.
1: Thanks for having me, Charlie.
0: And Anna Sale is the host of WNYC Studios' Death, Sex, and Money. Anna, thank you.
2: Thank you, Charlie.
0: And if you'd like to share your story about student debt or you're looking for resources to help you out, you can check out the website that Anna and her team have set up. You can find it at deathsexmoney.org slash studentloans. I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.